Cape Talk. A worldview from London with Adam Gilchrist. Uh, good morning, Adam Gilchrist. Hope you are well. Let's start in the U.S. It is morning. it is a um, a lawful judicial uh, execution which has been condemned. Uh, it's um, the death by nitrogen oxide for a, a convicted killer in uh, in the United States. Yes, essentially uh, suffocated to death. So this guy, Kenneth Smith, convicted 35 years ago of murder. Uh, it was a contract killing. I mean, he wasn't a professional assassin, but he murdered a woman for $1,000, basically. Uh, so all that time on death row, all sorts of commuted sentences. Two years ago, they tried to kill him by lethal injection, couldn't find a vein, and put him through many, many hours of physical and mental anguish. I don't care what he did for a state to do that was extraordinary. And here we are two years on from that, as you say, death by nitrogen uh, gas. Essentially, they put a mask over him and fed him nitrogen to breathe, starving him of oxygen. And over a period of up to four minutes, he suffocated to death. So an unusual punishment, as some are calling it a cruel punishment, thought to be certainly the first in America, thought to be possibly the first such execution in the world. Um, And opponents say, hang on, this is unnecessary suffering. A leak could have harmed people in the same room. And to put a guy through that, especially after his previous experience, is tantamount to state-organized torture. I mean, we are in the state of Alabama, Sometimes the rules are a little bit different in the deep south of America, but from the outside, it does not look like the most humane way of putting somebody to death, even if you still agree with the idea of putting somebody to death. And then an agreement between the UK and and Ghana to return 32 looted gold treasures. It's a long-term loan agreement that's being reached between the UK and Ghana. (laughs) It's a compromise that I don't think many people are that happy with, but... The, the issue is, is that we know in British museums, in the British Museum, and in this case also the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, they have a lot of stuff that in some cases was looted, in other cases was collected. But under UK law, they are not allowed to send back exhibitions and artefacts permanently. It's kind of not their fault. It's the way that governments from the 19th century in particular have enshrined the law so of course the law should probably be changed but in this case we have Ghana's so-called crown jewels going back after 150 years and absolutely they were looted by British soldiers from the Asante King in 1874 we're talking a gold peace pipe gold pendants a sword of state all sorts of interesting and valuable things it's tricky I heard this analogy from a Ghanaian culture advisor, which I think kind of uh, made the point. Someone comes to your house and they steal something. They keep it in their house. And then X number of years later, they say, you can borrow it briefly. Could this be the same model they'll use for the, uh, the Benin bronzes from Nigeria, the Elgin marbles from Greece, and don't mention the diamonds? I mean... Does a loan deal satisfy? And then finally, a perfect cup of tea, but as defined by an American, yes, an American (laughs) professor, a country well known for making tea either out of lukewarm tap water or microwaving their water, says they've developed the perfect way to make a cuppa. Yeah, whenever you get a cup of tea in America, it always seems to be Lipton, that that little thing with the red 
yellow tag, is it? A yellow and red tag, uh, uh, which is okay. But, you know, there's, you don't think of Americans as being great tea connoisseurs, shall we say. So the fact that Professor Michel Frankel's research concludes that the perfect cuppa should have a pinch of salt in it, a pinch of salt in your tea. Now, I get the idea, just she's saying it's a blocker to the receptor that can make tea taste bitter, particularly if you've got older tea, stewed tea, uh, uh, because after a pinch of salt in your porridge, a pinch of salt in all kinds of dishes, in all kinds of cooking, does enhance flavour without it actually tasting salty. She may have a point, but come on. America went to war, the War of Independence over a boatload of tea in Boston Harbour that they chucked into the salt water. I mean, maybe that was where the recipe came from. But do you know what, Professor Frankel? I'm defying you right now. A cup of tea without salt. <laughs> the proper way. Cheers. A uh, tradition steeped in history. Salon and farewell, Adam Gilchrist. I'll chat to you on Monday.